In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
old Jack, Jack, beat steady, knock, knock, middle of the stage, got the whole club rockin', rockin'. Folks, what's up? It's So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. So sorry I wasn't there with you guys on Wednesday. I I had people actually, I I would figure people would just be like, good, he's released us. But a lot, uh, I had people actually wondering where it was, which is cool. What happened was uh, Cloud10 and iHeart wanted me to put up that Parks and Rec thing. And the cool thing is I actually like the Parks and Rec pod. And they always give me a choice if I want to do that or not, which is cool because I've turned down a couple of other things that I just didn't think was my speed or that you guys would like. But I actually dig Parks and Rec myself, so I thought that was cool. And it gave me a chance to try to catch up. I have been working all day long. In fact, I just finished close to a two-hour Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion uh, part one episode that you'll hear on Friday. (laughs) It's why it was... Guys, it took me two hours. Man, guys... I got to tell you, uh, I think I turned a corner on Rena. I really like her now. <laughs> no, I hate her guts. <laughs> no, what a, what did you guys think? I can't wait to talk to you. Ah, you know, that's what sucks. I want to talk to you. I want to hear what you guys think about it. Like, what, I mean, I was, and it took me so long to take notes. And uh, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys think of the reunion. We got three more to go after this one. But today's episode... I think is great. We have this uh, this podcast that I think you guys all need to be listening to. It's called Criminality, and it is you'll hear in the intro, but it's like an intersection of all of the things that we love. And it's hosted by these two ladies, Melissa and Rebecca, and they have podcasts themselves, uh, like Moms and Murder and Die a Log Pod, which we talk about. And those are kind of like murder and true crime pods. And this is kind of the pod where they get to talk about reality. Shows shows and criminal activity and pop culture, but I'm telling you, I geeked out so hard with these ladies, and I think you're going to geek out too, and it's just an all-around great conversation. I love, love, love these type of podcasts where it's just other podcasters that know their stuff. Like these ladies know their stuff. They were so uniquely funny. I can't say enough good things. And I talk about, I did a podcast from, uh, for Real Housewives of Salt Lake this past Sunday's episode. If you want to hear that, it's over on the Patreon. You have to spend like a couple bucks a month, but there's over like a hundred plus episodes over there now if you are dying for content. And I think I'm putting up the Potomac recap uh, in the next day or two. And uh, on Sunday, I released two episodes. recap pods over there. So if you need more, it's over there. Definitely. But I loved this conversation so much. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, uh, let me see if there's anything that I need to. Yeah, if you could leave me good reviews on Apple Podcasts, that's always great. Uh, I always hate to ask, but you know, a lot of people are doing it without me asking. Thanks, mom. And uh, that's going good. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I talked about this on the Patreon today as well, because I usually talk a, a little bit of, like personal stuff and what's going on with the pod. But I, I know people have uh, said this before, and I wanted to encourage or or not put my stamp of approval, but I and I know this might this isn't a joke, but I, I also I, I want to talk at the beginning here just for a couple minutes about our mental health. And, you know, we've been through so much these past couple of years. Remember to check in with yourselves and take an inventory and see where you're at. Now, the best times in my life right now are on this podcast. And I've got to work really hard to 
have that not be the case. I've got to go out there and try to have just as good of time in my actual life that I do on this podcast. And that I shouldn't feel like when I talk with you guys, it is the best part of my life even though I, I'm so damn proud of this. But what I was feeling, and I've always been open and honest about this with you guys too, is that I'm on SSRIs, which are antidepressants. I'm on Lexapro and I'm on Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin in the morning, Lexapro in the evening. And it's, it helped me a good deal. You know, I've been on it for years. Uh, Lexapro, especially after I got divorced and, and separated, especially. And what it did is that it doesn't make you not depressed, but it would help me break up the negative thought patterns I had in my mind. Like sometimes I would spin out on just one thought or I would just be like, um, my life's, my life's not good. My life's not good. And, and, and Lexapro I found helped me with that of just kind of breaking, like you would still have the thought, but you wouldn't spin out on it as much. But I want to say we always, we, all of us deal with some sort of uh, mental issue and it doesn't make you less than it doesn't make you crazy. It makes you a person that's living and breathing in the year 2021. And I don't think there is anything to ever be ashamed about, about if something's not working, go try to figure it out, invest in yourself, talk to me about it, talk to a friend about it, talk to somebody about it. I had not been feeling good recently. You know, I got, I had that bout of strep and it's just been like, there, there's like a tough year all around. And all of a sudden I was like, I don't feel like these meds are working for me anymore. So I went to the doctor this week and you know, it's important to check in and I found out, okay, you know, there are a couple things that I'm dealing with. Like, okay, I need to work on my blood pressure. I need, uh, you know, I'm sitting behind a desk too much talking. I, uh, so I have to do a bunch of blood tests, but also you know, go in and talk to a doctor, say, this is what I'm feeling right now. Um, that's at least what I'm doing. And yes, it's scary. And also I got to tell you, just as a lazy person, it's a pain in the ass to drive all the way to a doctor's office, you know, but it's in hopes that, um, that you can make your life just a little bit better. And while, you know, we have such a small time on this earth is that if we can make it just a little bit better, and I guess you could say, well, Ryan, why do you even bother watching Lisa Rinna then? That's a great question. That's a, I don't know. I'm a masochist, but I would like to encourage anybody to always go and, um, and try to help yourself, you know, or just talk to somebody because you might be able to live your life like 5% better. And, you know, 5% doesn't sound like a lot, but over the course of a lifetime, that could be huge. So I did that this week. I highly encourage other people to do it. And I just, um, I think I grew up sometimes under the false impression that, you know, uh, seeing a therapist or getting on meds made me defective in some way. And it made me, um, somebody that couldn't figure out their own shit. And you realize that that's, that's just not the case is that these meds, they help, but they're not a, uh, a complete game changer. You have to put the work in you, you know, but also that every brain is wired differently. I said this on the Patreon, you know, how Teresa Giudici, like I always joke that it doesn't seem like there's like certain synapses hooked up. Like you see her get angry and you see her not understand what people are saying. And you realize that the brains aren't connecting to the other brain patterns and she just gets angry and tosses tables. You know, some brains are wired that way and that's okay. And medicine can actually help you with that. So I didn't mean to start off this podcast with a, <laughs> and I swear to God, Big Pharma is not sponsoring this podcast, but I just wanted to share my experience, the little experience I have, um, and, and say that if you are uh, in a place where you need help, um, 
it is don't ever be ashamed to ask for help. Don't ever, ever, ever be ashamed. Everybody goes through rough times. Hell, look at the last couple of years. Can you imagine what we've been through? I said this six months ago. I said, you know, a lot of my friends had kids over this pandemic and it was like, wow, it's like they actually did something with their pandemic. But then I realized, whoa, we did something with our pandemic too. We survived a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, and it's still going on, but we've made it this far. Look at what we've done. Look at the life. Like we're alive during the time where there's an actual pandemic. We're also alive during the time where there's a four part Beverly Hills reunion. What a blessed, joyous time to be alive. Um, so I hope that wasn't weird too much for people, for me to share my experience, but I figured it was my podcast. So <laughs> I would share it with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to go away for the next couple of days. We're going to go celebrate my friend Megan's 40th birthday. Megan is a frequent, um, a frequent uh, guest on this podcast and she's awesome. So we got to go celebrate that. Uh, so everybody, if you know, Megan, wish her a happy 40th um, or I don't know. Am I allowed? I shouldn't probably say anybody's age. Should I wish her a happy 32nd birthday? <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, at real house as Beverly Hills, the recap will be out on Friday and I I was in a fugue state. And also I was on Dana Wilkie's YouTube show, which I think you can still get. We did like an hour and a half and it was live and people were sending in comments. I think I did okay, but I think you can get that anytime. So I'll put the link up in my Instagram stories. If you guys want to check that out, Dana is always funny. Remember Dana is $25,000 sunglasses from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So she always has a little bit of an insider's perspective. And I just think she's a really funny, smart lady. And she was one of the talking heads in the housewife and the hustler. So really, really cool. So check that out as well. Uh, remember I was on the Wayne Holtz podcast and, Oh, there's a, there's a, uh, an account called Bravo candy betch B E T C H. And they did a real housewives mashup song. And I'm going to play it on Friday before my recap. Cause I thought it was really cool. And I think it's like the dance track that's going to sweep the nation. So, um, let's just get into it today. Remember this is the podcast criminality. I strongly recommend you guys go subscribe and listen to it. I think you're going to really dig it. And also I, I watched the, uh, Brittany Murphy documentary I talk about on HBO. It'll be out today, Thursday. Uh, I want, I want you guys to watch it. See, see what you think. I have some thoughts on it, but I'm kind of curious if I'm right or not. So let me know what you think. And I'm almost finished with squid game too. So that's all, all very exciting. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Love you. Bye. You guys, I am very excited about uh, the podcast today. I'm excited about the podcast every day, but today I'm really excited because when I was uh, researching and listening to these next guest episodes, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly where we all live. This is the intersection of kind of crime and pop culture and housewives. And I cannot wait to hear how they even met because they both have separate podcasts. I think that's even, so let me just read uh, the description here. So Criminality is the podcast and it's a podcast for those of us who love reality TV. That's me, true crime. That's me also. And want to hear all the juicy stories where the two genres intersect also me. So every other Friday, their episodes have been going since February. The host, Melissa, one half of the podcast, Moms and Murder, and Rebecca, host of Die A Log, D-I-E, A Log, you guys get it, will share the true story of a reality personality who faced more than just champagne problems. You won't find murder stories here, but fear not, there are crimes aplenty, fraud 
fraud, arrests, mugshots, scandals, and more. Criminality is the podcast, you guys. And Melissa and Rebecca, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Ryan, thank you for having us. We're so excited. Well, let me just tell everybody too, this is a, uh, you know, you just hear this with your ears, but if you could see the Zoom background, I'll have to take pictures so I can put up on my story. They both have these uh, uh, Melissa has a criminality with Erica Jane looking, um, uh, looking very foreboding. And I found out it's from her law and order episode and Rebecca has my show logo, your show logo, and then, uh, your co-host and me. And it is very, I mean, this is just really, and then I just have a stupid living room background. <laughs> zoom, zoom backgrounds are our love language, Ryan. So we just, yeah. this is how we show love. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your respective partners love that. So yes, um, it's very wh- romantic. How, so you guys have separate podcasts that seem like they're both very there. I mean, dialogue and moms and murder, you guys are pretty, um, it seems pretty breezy. What, how did, what, what, how did we even start those and how did we meet to form criminality? Take it, Melissa. Um, moms and murder I've done with my friend Mandy for four years. It is more murder and uh, true crime. Um, and I love to sneak in like the survivor producer. Do you remember that guy? Oh yeah. I saw a 48 hours, a murder mystery. They had a great two hour episode a long time ago about him. Right. Bruce. Bruce. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we, I like to sneak that in where I can some kind of a reality thing, um, but I can't do it enough. And so I wanted to do something in the reality world, which I absolutely love. And I, it's hard to talk about murder all the time. And these fools do <laughs> so much nonsense that, you know, that we wanted to do that. I wanted to do something different. And then I met my friend, Rebecca at CrimeCon. The oh my gosh. Crime you guys went to CrimeCon? Of course we did. We did. <laughs> Rebecca's heard- like everything in CrimeCon. She's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. heard about that two years ago. And it was one of those things of like, would it be weird if I went by myself to CrimeCon? Because I love reality shows and everybody knows that. But also I have like a minor in true crime. I just don't really talk. I don't get to talk about it that much. But oh. it is something where I watch all the Datelines, all the 48-hour murder. I was talking about like, I think it's like we all have like a section of our bookshelves that are true crime. Like right. the John Douglas books, yeah. the uh, you know, the 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 Golden State Killer book I just devoured last year. I mean, it is weird that like if if something happens to me, they'll have to be like, this guy had a lot of true crime books. Maybe the maybe he's the culprit, you know? Or your Google search history if you're me or Melissa. Um Absolutely. yeah, it would not be weird at all if you went to CrimeCon alone. I think it would be welcome. Um, okay. the women tend to go in packs and it is predominantly women. So you might get a couple side eyes at first being a, a lone male. You know, we we <laughs> we do cover a lot Murder of Murder is our so, thing. Murder yeah, isn't exactly. a white dude's thing. Yeah. But you know, you just have to like <laughs> share share what you just shared and you'll be in there no problem. We'd be happy to have you. And um, I actually had Melissa on dialogue to interview her and Mandy for their podcast and we just stayed connected after that and she reached out earlier this year after you know the 2020 year we had and she's like I just want to do something lighter would you like to do this with me and I'm like yes I'm like hardcore housewives and Melissa's intel on all the reality is is like it goes deep I don't know where she stores it it's unsettling (laughs) so we teamed up and uh and here we are we're having a blast I I I was you know, we talk about the housewives uh, yeah, every day on this podcast and how it really has turned to crime in so many of the housewives cases where I got scared. I'm like, the only place to go at this point is murder. Like, I get scared I that eventually there will be a murder case on here because, I mean, 
when we started Real Housewives of Orange County 13 years ago, I don't think I ever thought like, well, Vicky seemed mad at that guy that brought didn't bring a family van, but I didn't think she was going to murder somebody. And now I'm like, who knows? The sky's the limit. And it's very scary how all this is intersecting now, you know? a scary slash like Christmas every day. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it does feel like it's a matter of time now because I'm sure they know the ratings are up. I mean, all kinds of people are tuning into the housewife shows right now who formerly were never interested because there's like these white collar crimes going on that are in mainstream news. So I feel like, I don't know, is it going to keep attracting housewives who have criminal skeletons in their closet as like storyline drivers? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, the only place to hide is, is if you're a housewife, potentially the only place to hide is on a housewife show. If you're a serial killer, you might want to just try to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You'll go under the radar, you know? Seriously. They have actual, somebody will eventually have actual skeletons in the closet. (laughs) I mean, we're all laughing about it, but we're laughing because it has gotten so dark and it's like, we're almost, it's normalized now, you know, it's like, we and we're following this Erica Jane case predominantly, but that's like almost, I don't want to say a warm up, but now we got Jen Shaw as we end this season, but now we find out they they're shooting real housewives of Beverly Hills, like five months earlier than they normally would or something, because they want to keep this case going because I keep warning people, you're not going to see the fourth part of the reunion. And it's not like they solve everything on the fourth part. This is ongoing, you know? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right. And does that mean we're sort of rewarding bad behavior? I mean, yes! you have to wonder if yes! you're, if you're, I mean, I'm just, I hate to say it. And look, I don't want anything to change. I am simply asking the questions like Erica must be like, Hey, I'm getting, I'm showing up. This is really hard, but I'm getting paid well carrying the season. And she's obviously coming back so they can continue the storyline. It's like, why wouldn't we see more of these, these plots? I think we're going to, because we're giving the people what they want. I guess I don't know what well, it says about us. Melissa, do you get the sense that with Erica Jane, especially I've gotten the sense the last couple of weeks that she's now starting to almost enjoy being uh, infamous. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. Even whenever the four part, it was announced now it's a four part you know, reunion. She's like, well, that's, you know, that's me. It's so gross. I really wish for her sake, she would pull a Jen Shaw and be like, actually, I don't run my Twitter account. That's someone else that's doing that because it's unreal that she's that, I don't know, disconnected from reality to know how gross that looks to say, this is because of me. Could you imagine if it's all the same person running all the account? Like it's Erica Jane, <laughs> Jen Shaw, Candace from Potomac. It's all one, like one dude with a bone to pick. And he's just like, yeah, I run all these ladies, you know? Yeah. I think it's we... pickles from New York. <laughs> <laughs> should um, we fire them or give them a raise? Is like the million dollar question. I think, you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind having Erica Jane chill a little bit because like it, it's hitting that. And I know this isn't a political show, but it's hitting that Trump button for me where mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. It just it, I, I fed into it. It just burned me up so much because I was like, what? A president's tweeting all this garbage. What? And the same thing where I'm like, you expect a little trash talk, but at the same time to have no empathy um, is just bizarre because I don't I don't I know their lawyers are involved. But at the same time, I had Emily D. Baker on this week and she was like, you know, you can still say that you're empathetic of victims. It's not against like, you know, I'm a former prosecutor. You're allowed to do that, you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting that this whole the conversation around what's happening in Beverly Hills is did or didn't Erica know? And I, I, you know, I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but I almost think it's not even the right question. It's like, why is her message been what it's been this whole time? And how has it never been like, let me just slow down and like reset my lifestyle just for the sake of appearances. If it's not genuine for what I'm showing on the show. I mean, we've heard the word victims once out of her mouth and only at the reminder of other people. I mean, how that hasn't been front and center. I just, that to me is like the true crime of on her part until we know more, I guess, for certain what her involvement was or wasn't. I think it's, it's honestly close to criminal how she's comported herself. But at the same time, and I don't know if this is uh, kind of with, you know, you can almost relate it to murderers in some ways is that, you know, I was watching, I think, the uh, the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix, and I was just reminded about how big of egos serial killers have, how big of egos murderers have. And uh, it's the same with the housewives. It's like the ego, the ego, the, the ego to know that there are orphans and widows. And if, even if you didn't know about all this, to not be able to take a beat and to make the spotlight directly on you when it's not you all the time, I think that is that is wild. And to me, it reminds like these, the thing, the thing that we all have in common is that they're all huge egos, you know? Yeah. You know, who else has huge egos? I mean, Melissa knows what I'm going to say. Probably you're going to say Melissa. No, no. Oh, good podcast. Yeah. If I could get you guys into a fight, that would be amazing. Just yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Melissa is the picture of humility and grace. Um, no cult leaders. Cult leaders also have huge egos. The rules don't apply to them. They apply to everybody else. And that is often a housewife's MO. Just going to put that out there. And we are still waiting for our cult storyline, of course, on Salt Lake City. You know, well, so. that I mean, that is uh, you guys were I mean, I think you guys have covered a couple of cults on your podcast, correct? Or cult adjacent. Yes. Sure. I mean, if I have anything to do with it, yes, we do. Absolutely. I think that was the only thing you said going into this, like, will there be cults? And, (laughs) you know, once we knew we could get cults in there, we were good. Will there be cults? I was just I was thinking of like somebody's dating app. I'm just like, what do you like? Cults? 
Just cults. I mean, if Rebecca was back out on the scene, a hundred percent that would be involved somehow. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. If that's not interesting to you, we have nothing to talk about. Well, I mean, and I know this is a little bit off a housewife's topic, but I'm just fascinated sometimes with true crime is, you know, this wasn't in the nineties, the early nineties or something like that. True. I mean, true crime was definitely out there, but it wasn't devoured like it is today. What do you attribute um how prolific it has become in this day and age. Is it just internet? What are your thoughts? Rebecca, I've heard you answer this before, so I'm going to default to you. Oh, this wasn't the first time? I thought this was like a first time question. Damn. No, it's I've never heard this before in my life, but in my heart, I feel like (laughs) Rebecca would be better to answer this. Well, to be fair, we discuss this a lot on Dialogue. It's really an exploration of the genre itself. And I think there's as many different answers as there are human beings. But I will say it's a genre dominated by women, uh, listeners, viewers, and consumers. And I hear from a lot of women that there's a self-protection aspect to it. Um, The more you know kind of thing. If I can hear someone else's story and what went wrong, maybe I'll remember something. Should I ever be in a situation like that? I also think humans are fascinated with death. And true crime is a vehicle we can all get in and get very close to murder, which Hopefully, none of us will ever experience close to us or our families. But we don't know. And that's the other thing that's scary. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. So I think it allows us to get close to explore that and still have a safe distance, you know, so it's endlessly curious and fascinating for people, I think, for for millions of reasons. But those are the two I hear over and over. Um, and, and also I think then, then you add internet on top of that and it's able to travel so much quicker and, you know, we're able to do podcasts. We're able to, yep. you know, I was just, and there's no shock in this, I don't think, but the cause of death for Gabriel, uh, Petito was announced today and it was a course strangulation. I don't think a lot of people were surprised to hear that, but it's just like another thing of, wow. But you, you know, you see all of these people, whether it be TikTok or podcast to have this conversation, keep going. And, and there's a lot of positive about that, but it is wild. We didn't have that uh, at all 10 years ago, really to be able to, tr- you know, carry these messages, you know? Yeah. The message, the amplification is huge right now. Information spreads so quickly. And I think what you're saying is there, there is a lot of positive side and there, you know, that's also sometimes to the case the case's detriment. I think sometimes we can involve ourselves in cases prematurely when law enforcement really needs to be the only ones looking at it. Um, (laughs) But Melissa and I were talking about this too, just like what is the line of enjoying this as a genre and responsibility to a case, to a victim's family who's actually looking for a missing person, remembering they're humans, which we should do with the housewives too. But um, you know, with them, it's a little healthier. I think you can, yeah, I think you can actually actually just be entertained by housewives. Whereas in true crime, you do have to remember real people, real stories, you know, all of that. Well, I think that's, you know, what we're seeing that kind of a little bit of a crossover with real housewives of Beverly Hills in like, yeah, this is, I mean, wildly uncomfortable when you think about, and that's why I thought when housewife and the hustler, that documentary came out earlier this year on Hulu about the Tom and Erica case, it actually gave that, that face to these crimes. It, you know, we saw the burns on this yeah. victim we saw, yeah. and that was so important. And it was something that was missing from the actual real housewives of Beverly Hills. If that hadn't have come out, I think we would really be, um, not talking about it the way we did. I think that really highlighted the severity of his crimes and uh, not that she would have skated, but I think that just highlighted the severity in a way that real housewives of Beverly Hills would never have the balls to do, you know? 
Never. We were never going to see somebody's face. We were never going to hear somebody's story. She skates over it, like you were saying, so easily. And meanwhile, when you watch that uh, Housewives and Hustler, it is in your face. You cannot avoid it no matter what you want to do. Hearing the voicemails of Tom Girardi and the way he talks to people and remembering the two private jets and all of that stuff, it's a lot to take in. (laughs) And so going into the season, I was ticked off and I'm still ticked off, but It's amazing because of how they've minimalized things with her that you kind of, you don't forget, but it's not at the forefront like it was in the beginning. Yeah, that's so dead on. And and like, part of me was like, oh, I wonder if we'll see a, you know, I mean, I don't, I know the answer to this now, but I was like, I wonder if we'll see a scene of Erica, you know, meeting Mr. Rujimon who had the burns and, you know, saying, I'm so sorry for what my husband did. And, and now I'm like, no, there's no way she'll ever meet any. I mean, it just doesn't seem like, you know, regardless if she knew or not, what the picture that we're seeing from the character that she's created on TV is somebody that's very close to heartless, if not heartless completely. And, and really somebody that is very focused on themselves. And that's, why she made potentially such a good character on this show, but also it shows of like, we shouldn't expect much in the way of humanity from somebody like this. No, if we see any change, I mean, she has such a 180 to do. Is it a 180 or a 360? I never remember. 360 but... brings us right back to where we okay. are. <laughs> okay. Let's so do a 220 she, maybe? Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> never good at geometry, but she has like <laughs> such a huge like chasm between her and like decency that I don't think we could ever see that. Like, you know, she can take a baby step to trying to reel this in and like salvaging somewhat of her, of like a benevolent uh, reputation or something, but she's so far from anything that I think would like redeem it that I don't think her people or her team around her will even bother trying. But do you think that's kind of her goal? So if she's the monster this year and next year she goes on this apology tour and she that, works with victims and all that stuff, then now she's got another storyline. She well, just extended this. Melissa, I think you're Probably. dead on Melissa in a way. Cause I was like, we already know they're filming. We already know, I believe it's not official, but I believe Erica Jane is definitely coming back. And my thing is, are we going to get a redemption arc? Cause redemption arcs are very known in these sh- shows. Jax yeah. used to have a different redemption arc Eve season. And then he would, he would burn himself out by the end and go, okay, next season I'll do a new redemption arc. But uh, Erica Jane, are we potentially going to see that of the kinder Erica Jane, the I'm trying to go back on tour and make things right. And I'm going to do, you know, I have this nightmare about her doing just an acoustic tour of like oh, expensive no. to be me, you know, just like a really stripped down Taylor Swift in a kind minor of key. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, an MTV unplugged with Erica Jane, but um, <laughs> I could see that because in her head, I mean, I think, if, if you're thinking a five-year plan, you know, somebody asked me, what was the question I would ask at the reunion? And I would say, if you could answer me honestly, what's the plan? Because mm-hmm. you have to have one. What's your, what's your five-year plan? You know, this year is going to be horrible, but right. you have to have something. And I think in her head, is she thinking that she can do a redemption arc on this show and use this show as a commercial in a way? I think she'll sure try. I, I I definitely think Melissa, you're right. And um, I think I heard, and I don't know that it's confirmed, but I heard that I saw a headline today in passing that her lawyers are talking settlements. So, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, there will be a resolution for her one way or another. It will be bad. 
Um, there will be fallout, there will be financial ruin, all of it. But like once it's sorted, it's sorted. And then you're on like whatever, a payment plan or like a restitution. I don't know. So she'll be more freed to speak and to operate more freely uh, than she is. So yeah, it could be a good time for her to say like, I am paying them off from what I can and not paying them off, paying them back, (laughs) paying them period. (laughs) A little of both. Well, speaking of that, I mean, I just want to make a personal announcement for So Bad It's Good and and I'll speak for criminality as well. If any of Erica Jane's people are listening. I am happy to be paid off as well. Yeah. I do not. There are plenty of things to talk about. I don't need to just make memes about Erica Jane there. I can make memes about Jen Shaw. I can make memes <laughs> about Jax Taylor. Um, but you're but so it, good. I yeah. know we would miss it. Well, see, I feel like, you know, you can't, these are greatest hits, you know, at some point it's got to go away. And then maybe in three years, I can bring up the Erica Jane memes again on like a farewell tour. Once I leave Instagram, <laughs> you know, um, uh, so I, I wanted to talk a little, we're going to come back to Erica Jane, but I did want to highlight the podcast a little bit because you guys, I want you to hear out here how varied these topics are. Like I geeked out entirely because just in the last couple of weeks alone, you've covered, uh, was it Tariq and Michaela from Real Housewives of, uh, of DC, which if you guys don't remember, they have a wild story. They wound up at an inauguration uh, for the love of God. This is a great one. I really want to listen to this one. The David Spade just... <laughs> shoot me with don't in parentheses, because there is this amazing story with David Spade's assistant. If you don't have heard this story where the assistant pretty much went bonkers, you guys, and assaulted David in his own house when I believe he was asleep. And like David was scared for his life. Like this was a full on bloody knock drag out fight. Correct. Right. Yeah. It was basically attempted murder without all the charges. It, it was wild. And he is reality. He's just adjacent because he hosted Bachelor yep. in Paradise. That's how I was able to sneak that one. And in. did an amazing job as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. So yeah. fun. Um, in your, in your uh, research, and I imagine you guys do heavy research on these, what did you disguise, uh, discover about the David Spade thing? Because this was over, I believe, a decade uh, or so ago. And what ended up happening to his assistant? So his assistant, he, um, David didn't want to press charges. And that was kind of the craziest thing in that story that he could have, that guy could still be in prison. Mm -hmm. I think he got two months in prison, um, counseling, maybe a fine. There wasn't a lot that he got and just kind of, he's out there somewhere. I don't know. But David Spade basically said, I don't want to ruin this guy's life. He's not who I thought he was. He, something's happened to him. Was which, it like Skippy or something? The Skippy. name? Man, oh, good. wow. Yeah, 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 it was Skippy. Yeah. But his big thing now is like, what, who do you, what do you look for when you hire an assistant? And he said, well, somebody I can take on. So that's basically <laughs> his whole It really uh, cuts. Uh, I don't know if David can take on a lot of people. I know. Very, I know. But this guy was limits what, the candidacy. three. He was yeah. six foot three, 300 pounds. I mean, if he could take him on, he's got, he's got a little bit, you know. <laughs> can you scrappy, imagine getting your ass kicked by David Spade? That would just be br- David Spade once Aww. hit on my high, my high school college girlfriend David Spade once met her my, on a Southwest flight and totally hit on her. He was like, because I he's believe it. That yeah, sounds like, right. brought her over to his section of the Southwest flight going back to Arizona and then like, you know, got her number and try to get her. Like, I mean, and I love that David Spade was very affordable. He was like only fly Southwest <laughs> at the time. He was like, they had great prices. Um, 
So that's great. Then you have Rachel, uh, Rachel Ucatel. I don't, I always screw up her name with the Tiger Woods. Sean Stewart is another one, Rod Stewart (laughs) and more, uh, um, Alana Stewart's son. And he was recently, you guys on the Hills, new beginnings, very awkward storyline of him trying to date, uh, uh, what's her name? Adrina. Uh, Adrina. Uh, the Sean Stewart one. That's another, see, this is why, like, I, I geek out on your, even your subjects, you guys listening, you will all dig this. Like what is the Sean Stewart story? Because I have a couple of stories just being in Hollywood for over 15 years and seeing him about, you know, oh. I wish I would have talked to you before uh, we did then, but he got in trouble for different assault uh, issues. Like literally um, what was the one Rebecca where he it was threw like bricks, he threw yeah. bricks, allegedly threw bricks at people at a couple. Yeah. Yeah. At a couple, they like pressed charges, but he had like three things you know, back and forth, or I'm sorry, back to back that he was like, while he was waiting for one charge, another charge came in. So those are, we can do those kind of things. Those are just, we can, well, do he got into a fight with, he got <laughs> him and his dad, I believe part charges were yeah, pressed at like new year's a couple, I think years ago, cause year, uh, they got into a fight together. Yeah. Like imagine Rod mm-hmm. Stewart, like your son gets into a fight and your dad's Rod Stewart and he backs you up. Yeah, if that was a wild one. That's kind of where the episode ended because that was so like I forgot that happened when I started researching it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we have we have a whole Rod Stewart story in here too." Something I mean, it's like for everyone. Thirteen years ago, I was a manager at a day spa, and I remember him coming out, and we'd have like complimentary apples and bananas and all that. Like, and I remember him taking an apple and then walking twenty feet outside the door, and then he just chuck the apple against the wall as hard as he could. So it would explode. And I was like, that's like, do you think of like somebody that like, just, you know, doesn't need to throw an apple. Like, you know, you obviously, (laughs) you obviously got your rent taken care of. And I'm sure there's like downfalls and all of that stuff. But I was like, that little dick, I have to close tonight. And that guy just had a massage and he's throwing an apple against a cement wall, you know? That tracks. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then he dated, um, Adrian, remember that whole thing? Adrian Maloof, Maloof uh, Beverly oh, Hills. Oh, I totally spaced on that. Yeah, yeah. Adrian Maloof. Mm-hmm. That was like me when I remembered that when Melissa shared that because we'll switch back and forth on episodes. So one of us will share the other and we're usually surprising the other. But that one was like, I mean, one gem after another. It was like full of Easter bunnies, that story. But we talk oh, a lot yeah. about these kids and like raised by like Hollywood and musical elite and, you know, that royalty within Hollywood and how often it just does not fare well and kids end up, you know, throwing apples at spas. It's just not, it's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's, we all know when you throw an apple to a spa, that's just the, that's the wrong path, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that was the first case that Lindsay Lohan, when she threw the first apple, we knew something was happening. Um, I just, I, I just got to watch the two part HBO documentary. What happened to Brittany Murphy? I got an advanced copy of, it and I watched that. And is that something that you guys would cover? Like where did, cause it's Brittany Murphy and her um, husband, Simon Monjack. And it's a very, it's an interesting story and it kind of ties in Hollywood and, and maybe a little bit of a dirty John situation. Is that criminality more, or is that like, where would, would you guys cover something like that? Melissa? I thought we could make it happen. There could I be know, a connection I'm somewhere. Or is Everyone's it just not, not reality. reality enough? Like, oh, Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, you can always find a reality TV connection if you look hard enough. Like you just find someone's assistant or someone, someone has appeared somewhere and then we'll loop it in. However, she did die like a questionable death. And we do try to stay away from actual 
fatalities just because we deal with it so much in our other shows and we do yeah, want yeah, the show yeah. to feel like we love a good financial fraud or a lawsuit. Um, we have had some like violent acts for sure with our, with our stories, but I don't know about fatalities, but her story is really intriguing to me. I would, I can't wait to watch that. So I don't know. I would never say never. What is your Brett Michaels episode I see here? Now, Brett Michaels, of course, uh, you know, uh, the, the he's most no, known for being the star of, uh, you know, Rock of Love and also the lead singer of Poison. I more prefer the star of Rock of Love. But Same. what do you uncover <laughs> in Brett Michaels' life? Oh, is Melissa. That, that's more of a legal one. But do you remember at the Tonys, whenever he walked out on stage uh, with what? I don't remember what song he was singing. Something. I, fell on him he right had, yeah he passed out got a brain aneurysm all that stuff so there was a lawsuit involved wait, 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 wait. you got a brain aneurysm like six months later and it, it's a wild story because he basically says immediately after it happens he's like i'm not mad at them it's totally fine no big deal six months later he almost dies and he's like they actually should pay me some money this was a lot and the people played the video over i mean how many times have you I, seen that you, video? You, so funny i had completely spaced that video from my memory and you said it and I'm like, I watched that video a thousand times. Yeah, I watched right. that video a thousand times. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had taken a fall and my ring camera picked it up uh, <laughs> like right when we were doing this. So Rebecca looped mine with his and both of us <laughs> falling <laughs> as an Instagram video. And that was great. But yeah, so we, so that one's kind of all the lawsuit stuff that happened with that and where that ended up. So there's nothing about uncovering if his bandana is attached to his wig. No, but we did find a movie that he made with um, Sheen, Martin Sheen, like in Charlie Sheen and him had a production company together. So you can always find something. It's wild. Okay. Can I pitch an episode to you if you haven't already done this? And I think this is, I need to know a little bit more Mm -hmm. the alleged financial crimes of Mr. P.K. Kemsley. I've been thinking about this. I have been thinking about this and I tend to like veer more towards the housewives crimes. Like you're naming all the episodes you're naming are Melissa's because her, again, her Rolodex of reality far surpasses mine. Um, It's true. (laughs) But I I feel like P.K. and Dorit are just skating by biding time until their whole gig is up and like the rug is just going to be pulled from underneath them. And I feel like they're, Obviously, he's a gambler. We know he's a gambler. The well, we, we have we have documents that he is not. Yes. He had a he had a a, a a debt he owed, I believe, around a million dollars to a casino in Vegas. The that's, yeah, that's yeah, and I feel like we're we're literally watching him in real time gamble. Like, how long can we appear on this show, like a wealthy couple, until it all falls away? And I think it's just a matter of time. So I, I'd be happy to investigate PK and Dorit's businesses. They both seem super sketchy and. There's a lot of questions. And now it is time to uh, to do some commercials. But these are products that have um, they've they, they've been with us before. So I'm very excited that they're back. And the first one, of course, is Osea. Now, I have talked about Osea now a couple of times. And I have heard from all of my female friends and some of my male friends that it has been very difficult and it is difficult to find uh, clean skincare products that are good for your skin and the planet, but also actually give you the results that you want. And I have good news. I think we might've found them in this company, Osea. Now, Osea has been making products that do just that for over 25 years. So when it comes to clean beauty, Osea is the pioneer. 
And that is so important. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers. And they're known for creating amazing body products like their fabulous Undaria Algae Body Oil, which is perfect because we often forget to take care of our bodies the way we take care of our faces. I, uh, unfortunately, am not taking care of either. So it has been a blessing that Osea is in my life. It is. It truly is. Uh, my mom is into it. My sister is into it. I have friends into it now. And now I am into it. Um, so Andaria Algae Body Oil, it feels... Um, now, th- this is... Gotta, I got to tell you, as a guy, I'm trying to explain this to you. It is not greasy or sticky, and uh, I, I just feel like it, it feels good on my skin. Uh, it uh, my, my female friend says it feels luxurious and rich, and it does absorb really nice into the skin. It also moisturizes your skin, uh, leaving your skin looking healthy and glowing. And I am one of those dudes that never had um, like a... Uh, like a 20 year plan for my face or body. So I'm kind of playing catch up with everything. But one of the first things that I learned um, in the last um, five years, and and you're like, really just in the five years is that you got to (laughs) moisturize. No, I'm not joking. So I know what you're thinking. Also body oil. If you're, if you've been using body lotion for years, you might be a little wary of body oils, but let me tell you, I am a convert. I started using uh, body moisturizers. Like when I, first started a short five years ago. And I got to tell you, this actually is amazing. So the Andaria Algae Body Oil has been Victoria Beckham's favorite body oil for years. Now, she is my favorite Spice Girl, so I do have to listen to what she says. But you will be obsessed with it too. So it soaks in easily, it isn't greasy, and it has this really nice citrus smell that instantly it kind of makes you feel like you were at a spa. I don't know if you guys know, but I used to be a manager at a day spa and we would like those kind of smells really do kind of make you feel like it's relaxing. It is nice. You kind of feel, uh, rich. (laughs) I think that is the word. Um, so I can't even tell you, um, I know this sounds weird, but my skin is, I feel it like soft and smoother than it has felt in a really long time. And it kind of, um, I, now this, I don't like, but I think I do look like better. I know that sounds weird, whatever, but my body lotion never did this. So Osea's products are clean. They're vegan, they're cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainably sourced seaweed, and they're made in California. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. So experience your new favorite clean skincare line with a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code SOGOOD at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50, you get free shipping. And also remember, this is actually great as we start heading into the holiday season. This is like good kind of stocking stuffer stuff too, you know? In fact, I might try to get my mom a couple at a discount. So you're going to want it all. So go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code SOGOOD. And just on a personal note, this is the company I've told you before, but they're one of the companies that wanted to do an onboarding call with me just to walk me through the product. They made sure I had it. They made sure I used it. They made sure I knew what the company was about, that it is female founded and run. And that kind of stuff really, uh, it it really kind of like 
sat well with me. I was like, wow, they really do care about their product. That means a lot, I think. You know, like when I tell people about my product, I take pride in it. And these people really take pride in their product. And I think that actually is something to always pay attention to. And it's one of the only companies that use my product code as so good instead of so bad. And I think that's great because it is so good. Um, so check that out, you guys. And of course, my next one is Bowl and Branch. And I got to tell you, so they sent me my Bowl and Branch sheets beautiful gray they are so soft where i was like this is such a noticeable difference than my amazon sheets and um because i don't really know i'm a dude i don't really know a lot about this stuff and this is these are so nice and i gotta tell you um now i've had them for a couple of months and they feel even better after i wash them i i know this sounds disgusting but i was like i don't know if i want to wash them because they feel so good. And I, I thought like, you know, when you wash a t-shirt or something and it kind of like looks grow, you know, like, and it doesn't, these get softer and softer. And I think that is so amazing. Um, this kind of stuff makes me remember this company in the long run. And when I get new sheets from here on out, I'm going to get them from Bolin branch. It is huge. So the little things we all do, Bolin Branch says, add up to the legacy we leave behind. And Bolin Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products last. And you will definitely feel the difference in their best-selling, beautifully crafted signature sheets, which is what I have. Um, so the difference between Bolin Branch sheets and my Amazon sheets, I mean... There's not even a comparison. Like, I feel like a grown-up with these sheets, but also a grown-up that is about to have the sleep of his dang life. Um, They're soft, but firm. They have a softness. They're smooth. It's just really nice. So experience the uncompromising comfort with the best-selling 100% organic cotton signature hemmed sheets. Oh my gosh, I have to remember these details. I was just talking to a friend about uh, Bolin Brand sheets. I, I'm not even, this is not made up. And she asked me what it was made out of. And I didn't have my script in front of me, but it's organic cotton. So organic cotton is, I got to text her. So this cloud weight, super soft sateen weave gets softer with every wash. I told you it did. So crafted to the highest standards and attention to detail from sourcing to packaging, the perfect balance of weight and breathability to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. Now get this, give your bed the white house treatment with sheets that three presidents have fallen in love with. I hope they were good presidents to, to experience an entirely new standard of comfort. Visit bowl and In fact, our listener Sheridan, my friend Sheridan, she, I, I, she bought like hundreds and hundreds of dollars of bowl and branch sheets after she heard this. And I hope Sheridan, I hope you liked it. Cause I, I was so impressed by that. So visit bowl and That's B O L L A N D B R A N C H.com and get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code. So bad, so bad S O B A D that's B O L L and branch.com promo code. So bad. And guys now, Back to our show. You saw a couple episodes ago on, uh, you know, he's out there joking with the guys of like, oh, I lost two billion for investors. Oh, well, like, I didn't lose it. Thing? I'm still looking and billions. I mean, yeah. that's like he was very casual uh, for such a for such a loss in real estate. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to uncover there. So that's on my that's on my show. OK, list. 
Um, is there, can you tease upcoming episodes that we could Ooh. possibly get excited about? So no. my next one is, um, it's, uh, a lifetime show. I will give you that. It's, uh, a surprise, uh, rings are involved and, uh, maybe a wedding and that sort of a thing. So you probably know what show I'm getting at. There's a crime that took place on that. I don't because I'm an idiot. Like I'm literally now panicking. <laughs> and I'm like, you. Uh, I'll give it to you. Okay, yeah. Ryan, Ryan is me on our podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was like sometimes smoke. married at first sight. Okay. Math, math, show you're familiar math. Yes, yes. Thank you. So that is, uh, so if you were listening to our show, Hey, we just gave it away, but it's for this next one. That's what we're doing. Married at first sight. And then my other one coming up is has to do with 50 cent and <gasps> Rebecca, I haven't told you that, but. Oh, do we, do we get the Fofty saga? Oh, Fofty is involved. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Yes. Oh so my exciting. gosh. I that's see, that's something I've always wanted to do myself and I have no know-how like you guys. So I'll, I cannot wait to just leave it to the, the experts here. But <laughs> that was such a, I remember that weekend I was visiting my family in Arizona and it was before it was pre COVID you guys. And I just never wanted that weekend to end. It just new things kept coming out and DJ James Money Kennedy commented. And then, Money you know, he was like, Monday. I have a heart issue, fit, Fofty. And he's like, I don't care what you have. And he, <laughs> you know, he's showing pictures of himself hooked up to like a cardiology machine and Lala oh. kept running her mouth and it just kept exploding. It was so amazing, you know? Yeah, that Truly was, one of that was a special yeah. time. <laughs> it um, was. I ask about this a lot, just about uh, pop culture in general, is that my love of it, it came from a very young age in Olathe, Kansas. And I, I used to devour Us Weekly Entertainment Tonight. You know, back then it wasn't computers and everything at our fingertips. What was it like for you guys? Did you fall in love with pop culture as well? Or was it true crime first and then into pop culture? Mm, good question. I've actually not Thank been you. asked this. Hey. Um, Finally, what? It was it was both. I was the kid who, you know, I loved watching the award shows and I loved watching cops. <laughs> like, so I was always interested in crimes and maybe I just realized like I feel like some of these people are going to end up on, on that show. Um but the magazines, I remember so well that the Tiger Beat and the Bop of it all. Um but New Kids on the Block, I feel like was my first band. I'm definitely dating myself. I'm a little bit older than um, I'm older than Melissa. Um but yeah, the New Kids on the Block was like it for me. And I just started following them. And then all the teen, the women pop stars, the Tiffany and the Debbie Gibson, that was peak eighties childhood for me. So that's kind of how it all started for me. And what I'm about sorry. you, Melissa? Who is Debbie Gibson? Oh, come on. I get lost in your eyes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, I Elect uh, wait, what was there? Electric youth. Oh, electric youth. Complete with perfume that you could buy at the drugstore, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> I um, grew up watching cops with my dad. Saturday night was cops. And then America's most wanted is after that. Yes. Oh, yeah. those. And then unsolved mysteries, all of those things. But then also behind the music and that kind of stuff got oh, me yeah. like super into all celebrities, pop-up video, all of that stuff. I just wanted to know all of it. I would watch pop-up video over and over and over again really possibly showing some issues as a child my parents should look into <laughs> but I love that stuff I just live for it when E came out that was like the best thing that could have ever happened to me just yeah I don't know which came first probably like Rebecca about the same time just this interest in people maybe it's an interest in I think it is and why yeah. they do what they do good I feel, I feel like you're trying to make yourself look it's an interest Absolutely. about it's about humanity it's an interest <laughs> about humanity um it's, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking it's, of new kids, I the reason I 
Like I know Bop and Teen Beat and all that stuff because I grew up on a street of all girls, which I think is why I'm made. Like this, I'm, I still to this day I'm interested in things that all females are interested in. But it was <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Every girl on my street they had their walls covered with new kids on the block and they each picked their guy. Oh, like one yeah. was a Joey girl. One was a, a Dan or, you know, and they each had Donnie. one. Yeah. Well, Donnie was the bad boy. And I yeah. looked, I was in love with Drops. this girl, Rachel Beaker that was on my street and she was a Joey girl. And I tried to get my hair cut in the reverse oh. triangle that he had, which was like real. I, I have a picture, which is, I'll have to put it when this episode comes out because it is so, it's like a reverse triangle. And I looked enough like a new kid where I got picked on by jocks, you know, like, but I didn't look enough like a new kid. I didn't look enough like Joey for her. She was like, oh, oh what'd you, what'd you do to your middle. hair? Yeah, yeah just, that's was, brutal. It was, it was like the the middle ugly Hanson kid, you know, not, I mean, but no, I back in the day. I think he's a hot one he's now. now. Yeah, he's, he grew into it. So it, it works out sometimes <laughs> that way, just a little slower. Uh, speaking of pop-up video, don't you think Bravo should do pop-up video with the housewife shows? Yes. That would be genius. Absolutely genius. Why don't we pitch that? Because they don't have it right now. Edit they this don't. out. TM, TM, TM. But also it could TM, be TM, such TM. a cool thing of like the producers like doing like little pop-up facts of like, uh, later Erica Jane admitted she did do it uh, once we yelled cut, you know, like yeah, little facts, all the callbacks possible, like, you know, bunny popping up. And I feel like in the last few episodes, they're even calling back like jokes from last seasons, which is happening more and more lately. And I just feel like it's like right for that. I think this, I think this needs to happen. Well, we, we definitely have, you know, like Bravo is really taken off when you now have a history to look back on, you know, you have yeah. all of these things, even like your last episode, real housewives of DC, like we, you know, you have, these things that people might Archives. not even remember were a part of it. And we have to go back and we have to celebrate and appreciate these things. So Bravo can, you know, keep growing mm -hmm. as an entity. We don't want it to become like E where the Kardashians get off and you're just hooked into sexy Terry Bradshaw, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to feed that. the, feed the Bravo machine. Um, I think they're, I think they're picking up what we're what we're, we're putting, <laughs> picking up what they're putting down. Um, so to go back to Tom and Erica, I know you did an entire episode on Tom and Erica. What are some of the things that you think we're overlooking as a fan base? Uh, just because I think one of the, the misconceptions is that Erica Jane's going to jail and that's not even, she's not even close to being charged with anything, nor I, nor do I think she will be. What do you think we're missing? What a good question. I'm killing it on the, you guys hear that at home? You're I'm doing killing it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are we missing? Do you have a quick answer to that? Cause I feel like I need a second to think. Um, what has like not been, I mean, I think the, the victim narrative, obviously, and that this is, this is white collar crime. I mean, I don't even think Tom is criminally charged yet. Is that yeah, true? I don't think he is either. And I'm kind of really confused at this point, what happens in regards to Tom from this point on? Like, I, I do believe that he, I, I'm one of those people that kind of believe that yeah, I do think he's mentally feeble and infirm. And yeah. I also think he committed these crimes for four decades. Like, right. I think both can be true. Like I, right. I totally, but what happened? Like my thing is, even if he is infirm, you can, you can prove it. Well, what happens to a criminal that is like, do you, I don't know the law. Do you just get off scot-free then of like, okay, well you're, you're, we can't charge you because you won't remember it, you know, no, like, but I did learn about this recently because I had the, um, a legal expert on who's working on the Lori Vallow case and her <gasps> mental health oh. is being evaluated. And she was determined 
unfit to stand trial. So what I understand is you can be charged, but if you can't participate in your own defense, they can't proceed. And so proving that takes a long time. Lori Vallow is under an evaluation that's going to take up to six months and it's a death penalty case. So this is very, very serious, obviously much different stakes than even, you know, the worst crimes that Tom Girardi may have allegedly committed. Um, and it also varies state to state. So in California, I don't know like where and when the line is of what becomes like fraud and like a white collar crime versus a criminal charge that involves an arrest and sentencing possibilities. So he, you still would have to face that. It just determines, I think, where you go if you get convicted. So if it were to be proceeding, if it were to go into a court, I think if he got sentenced, he might go into more of like a mental health facility, assisted care kind of place. Um, but you would still have to be some in some kind of incarceration, even yeah. if you're mentally unwell. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, that's just the thing I'm curious about of like, if that is true do you, I mean, cause Lori Vallow, I mean, she's at least in jail. Like she's yeah, not at home yes. waiting the six months evaluation, you know, Tom's no, she's out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I, I actually have no idea. And I do, I do agree with you. I do think he's done well. I do think we've seen a deterioration. I think it will be very easy to prove that he was completely mentally, you know, had his full agency at the time of a lot of these crimes, these alleged crimes. So I don't, I don't feel like there would be an issue proving that. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to watch. I think there's obviously as much as we all know, because I feel like I can't even think of an aspect of this that hasn't been peeled back somewhat. There is a lot I'm sure we're not privy to. Um, is there some smoking gun or is there some huge loophole that they're going to come out and mm. show us too? Like, I, I don't know. It'll I'm yeah. very curious. Um, Melissa, when you watch these shows, uh, I started off watching them for pure enjoyment. And then when you start talking about them and then also when a case gets presented like this, does it make you uh, sometimes question what you enjoyed about these shows in the first place? Like sometimes now when the, the, you know, we, we always got a kick out of how much Erica Jane spent on everything. And now we're seeing where it came from. And it almost sometimes makes me question of like, what's wrong with me that I got such a kick out of this, this huge show of wealth when it, when it was stolen on the backs of victims. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. But I do think we came into it for the entertainment of it we feel like these shows vet these people. So we're coming <laughs> into it from a place, you know, yeah. enough to not think orphans and widows are involved. Yeah, right? yeah. Like we at least have that much. Who's the so, better, by the way, that's like, you guys, I totally lied to you. I didn't cover something and I just didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm thankful that the vetting isn't great, to be quite honest. <laughs> it's an intern. It's an show. intern. <laughs> yeah, let it's it go. Pickles. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, but I agree with you, it, especially whenever things get really dark. Like I remember back when uh, Lori on Real Housewives of Orange County, her son, oh. Ryan, and that has gotten drugs. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like attempted murder. It's gotten way worse. He lost custody of his kids or his daughter to uh, Lori and her husband, which thank goodness they stepped in. But some of that stuff, you just think, man, it, it just got so dark. Like I wish people would leave kind of even when Denise left, I wish she was still around, but like we now there's a whole new Charlie Sheen thing where her kids are living with Charlie and that drama. And so I don't need to see that kind of darkness in my life, I prefer the ridiculousness, like bring on uh, Dana and her sunglasses. I love that kind of stuff, but you know, I, I hate when it gets this dark. It's, it's entertaining, but 
in a way of like fascination. I'm not yeah. like, this is so much fun, but it, it's very intriguing. I welcome the darkness. <laughs> I kind of just, <laughs> I really do. I, 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 I kind of love when like the veil is lifted and I'm like, you know, housewives are just like us. Like, I mean, I know we're not all criminals, but like when these really major life things happen, I kind of do like seeing it play out on the platform of a housewives franchise, because it's like, you know, the variables and the circumstances look a little different than the woman you might know in your circle or your neighborhood or your aunt or your cousin or sister. Um, but they still happen. And so what happens when it's like playing out with cameras rolling and with more money. And I, I, I find it fascinating. So I get people are like, this isn't what I signed up for, but I'm like, I think it's kind of totally what I signed up for. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I also, I agree with you, but it is funny how these shows and not for me, but for a lot of ladies were, are aspirational of like, wow, like I want to wear that one day and I want to take the PJ one day and all that stuff. And now uh, you know, Erica Jane, Jen Shaw, all these ladies, it's like far from aspirational. It's almost of like, whoo, I have it pretty good over here. Like, you know, like it, it's turned like that. And so to kind of go into Jen Shaw a little bit, what's your take on on Jen Shaw so far and what we're seeing with her? Because it is very different than Erica Jane in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, it's she's the primary figure in the scam. So that's kind of nice because there it takes away a lot of the guessing, like what did it she is know? Nice. What is she it it, is you nice. know? Yeah. It's like a relief. <laughs> like we don't have to solve the bigger mystery, I guess. We can just like let it play out. Um, and she just does herself no favors. And I, you know, I don't think she was particularly well received the first season, even before <laughs> we we knew all of this. So it's just giving people more reason to dislike her. Um, so I, I'm like really into this story, horrified at the, you know, the intended targets of her alleged fraud and scams are, you know, also terrible. Like, I think people can really relate to this one in a different way because everyone has like a senior citizen family member who, you know, we worry will be taken advantage of by somebody like Jen's company. So, um, this one is a lot and I don't, well, we can wait to talk about the current season, but, um. I was shocked and also like this tracks when it happened, when the headlines happened. Oh yeah. What did you think, Melissa? Yeah. I mean, that Chateau, it's no Chateau, you know, Charest. So I knew there was money coming. <laughs> no, from it's finished. Yeah, it was finished. Yeah, <laughs> it's finished. Um, there's a driveway. So um, <laughs> I, I was wondering what was going on. And like you were saying, Rebecca, it's nice to not think like, is coach Shaw involved in any of this? Cause it doesn't seem like he's, ever home in, in time. But what I'm fascinated by is we're seeing more of uh stew chains this season and like him trying to calm her down. And, and we didn't understand that relationship last year. You know, it was, he was kind of a side character, but a very small one, kind of like Lisa's diet Cokes, like they're there. We know they're there and we know that she cares about him, has some relationship, but we didn't really know where that was. And this year we're kind of seeing him say like, you know, whenever you get mad at me and I do this and you're seeing their closeness, which I just didn't understand before when these start charges started coming out and he was somehow involved. I was completely shocked. But then we saw that crazy video of her screaming at people. And I oh my gosh, I forgot about all those videos. Uh, you guys remember that when before all this story broke, uh, people kept leaking videos her employee of her completely annihilating employees. And this wasn't even on the show, you know, right. really, I forgot all about that. Wow. Um, so it is one of those things is that, do you think, I mean, I know my answer is like, I hope it always is like this, but is it something where when it gets to a certain 
criminal point that they shouldn't be allowed to be on a show and make money from it? Like I know with with criminal with with murderers and stuff, there is that law where you're not able to profit off the murder. You know, you know, if you murder somebody, you're not able to profit off that murder in prison. Do you think it should be also like that with housewives? Actually, do I think that's a really good point? I think we brought this up earlier. Like, are they being rewarded for this bad behavior? And I do think the vetting, as much as it will like take away from our storylines, needs to be stronger. And proof of uh, you know a criminal history. I don't. I don't know that it's okay that they come back for another season. Like, I really, if there are criminal charges, I guess in the case of um, Erica, there might not be. But Jen Shaw is indicted, and it will be in you know federal court in Brooklyn, and I will also attend. By the way, because I'm in New York City. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Um, You're going to attend? Oh the yeah, Southern I District? will pay attention. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's where I've been there before for Allison Max um, sentencing. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I've talked She's... so much about Nixium on this. You were at Allison Max, which was very a light sentence, by the way. I think she only got mm-hmm. three years, correct? Three years, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! You were? Did yeah. you watch her walk out? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Did, gosh, you, did yeah. you yell anything? I, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm like just weird enough to be the person to get up at 5am and go and just be quiet and watch and not like make a scene out of being there. But um, it's fascinating. I think if anyone can like get into their courtroom in their local jurisdiction, they should. It's such a like great front row seat to our justice system. I was just so curious how it all worked. And I, it was not disappointing. It was like, it's like watching and it was like watching the housewives. It, it was great. It, well, speaking of the vow, though, I think that is the intersection of another thing of well, now cults are hitting reality shows. We're about to have the second season of The Vow on HBO. And that is, it brings it into this kind of, it, you could call it documentary, sure. But it also is this reality show because yeah. now we're following the lives of like Nancy Salzman, Ali Mack, you know, like Nippy and what, you know, like Nippy and his wife are on Cameo for God's sakes. Oh, you know, two Melissa cult members me are on Cameo. Melissa- oh, I sent my friend one. Like I was like, I was like, there's no way. And I went and searched. I was like, they're on Cameo? Cult members that got out are on Cameo? Yeah, they have a podcast that's doing very well, a little bit culty. I'll just plug it. Why not? Sure. Um, they already plugged their Cameo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> Melissa sent me one. Um, was that for my birthday? I think it was when your daughter was Oh, it was when my daughter left for college. She sent me an encouraging note. It was so sweet. Um, But yeah, I think the true crime genre is expanding. I think that's what we're seeing, like white collar crime, cults. It's not just murder anymore. And so- we're just my, by the way, if I ran a cult, that's what I would have to see. Cult, it's not just murder anymore. <laughs> yes. That's the slogan, you know. Sign me up. Um, on a t-shirt. I, yeah, <laughs> I would totally sign up for that cult. Um, I don't know what we were talking about, Jen Shot. Oh, but she's well, indicted. Going into so, court in the Southern District, so yeah. To me, I think that's like a serious consequence. Like if you were not given the opportunity to be back on this show, that's a loss of income. I think that's a consequence. I don't know. Or maybe a certain amount of time has to pass. I mean, obviously, Teresa came back. She obviously has gone to prison. I don't know. Is it part of the redemption story that should we allow for it? Should we not? I don't know. But part of me thinks like a little time between seasons or sentences, (laughs) depending on the (laughs) scenario. Bravo works with the courts of like, can we uh, get a little bit of time? I'm We're not between. shooting when she's getting out. Could we coordinate our? <laughs> well, that's why I said, could you imagine if the third season of Assault Lake, Jen gets a talking head from like the, the glass, you <laughs> oh, know, like we've never please. seen that of like, I pick up the phone and you're like, I think Heather looked horrible that day. You know, I Just take phone. everything back. I, I need them to be on and filming <laughs> while in oh, prison. They're going to find a way. Like, remember <laughs> the dude that did the fire fest, yes. he, like found a way to do a podcast from prison called like, dumpster went, fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and like, he went to solitary for that. Like you're actually allowed to do that 
um, there's a great podcast called Ear Hustle, which is completely made by inmates who are incarcerated, uh, but they get permission and they work with journalists. This guy did not ask for permission because he still doesn't think the rules apply to him, even from federal prison. And he got put in solitary for a very long time for doing that. Um, oh so gosh. Jen should be, you know, wise and ask for permission should she end up behind bars. Well, I mean, and and this this I think the trial uh, got postponed. It was supposed to be in October, which, by the yeah. way, we're supposed to be in BravoCon. It would be this weekend, and I believe Jen's court case initially was going to be next next week. And Jen Shaw was going to be at uh, BravoCon this week. That was confirmed by Jen Shaw. She was going to be there, and then potentially her trial would have started next week, and then it it's got perfect. postponed. Perfect. Just stay the week in New York. I mean, make a whole you know tour of it. It's great. If I was in the Southern district, I would genuinely ask, I say, Hey, you guys can ask whatever you want, but is there any way some Bravo fans could get some questions of like, wouldn't you be like, why did you (laughs) call Brooks a twink in episode, you know, like just have like subtle Bravo questions thrown in, you know? Oh, that would be, that would be something to see like your honor. If I could just really quick ask, you know, like, well, you know, she's like, can, can people, I mean, you can't take pictures in the courtroom, right? Like she can't take a selfie. And no, they it. take your phone. They take okay. your phone. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and federal cases, there's no, even the journalists can't have their phones. There's no cameras like criminal cases in state courthouses. You can watch on court TV, but um, not any of the federal ones like Elizabeth Holmes right now. Sorry. Oh, that's another Elizabeth Theranos. That's another. <laughs> By the way, you guys, Elizabeth Holmes Theranos. We talked about that when this first. I, I was so I was obsessed with her as well, and I I loved. I mean, it's it's so dark now to be like judgy about your documentaries on criminals, where you're like, oh, I didn't like that cult as much, and I didn't like that criminal as much because of the documentary presenting the story. But the Elizabeth Holmes one, I'm very fascinated to see what her sentence will be. Um, but. What is your favorite shows to watch? Not and like just like where you can check out completely. You're not taking notes for your show, or like what are the shows that are? I mean, it could be the stupidest thing in the row for both of you guys. What what do you, what do you like to watch? Melissa, you go. So right now, oh, what's going on is Love After Lockup. Yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> and messy, and I'm trying to get Rebecca to lower her standards <laughs> and watch it, um, but she hasn't hasn't I haven't gotten her there yet. Um, Succession season three is coming out this Sunday, you guys. This Sunday, it's going so to excited. be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Succession and um, oh gosh, I I always go back and watch old Nathan for You episodes. Oh, uh, so HBO genius! Now. Did you ever? Did uh, he produced this show called How to with John Wilson? I think Love and it, it was so beautiful. Much. It was so. The last episode, you guys, I highly recommend because it it each one has a topic, but then this one strung into the pandemic when it first happened in New York, and it was just really I like bordered on art. It was just it amazing. It was Rebecca, you would love that. Living I am there writing during that, that down. time. Yeah, there oh is gosh. one episode where a guy tries to reverse his um, circumcision. So there's a lot of things you don't expect to Thank see you coming for the out trigger of warning. Yeah. Yeah. I was not warned. And so that, that pops up at you pretty quickly. Um, but besides that, yeah, it's, it's, how about the one about the Mandela effect? That was so cool. Wasn't that a fascinating one? Yeah. Though? Like that all just, there are some things where you think, how, am I remembering that weird? The Bernstein bears versus the Bernstein bear, whatever. Well, yeah. It's like, and like the raisin brand sun, did it have sunglasses on? Our memory says it does, but right. it didn't like, there are all of these things like sex and the city, sex in the city, all of these well, things that are memories, thing. you know? Yeah. Oh, they, there's a whole conference that they go to that. It's like the first Mandela effect conference of what, I mean, it, it really just blew me away. 
it's yeah you'll have to put that on your list rebecca i'm gonna oh, I to am. make you to watch that one um sorry what was always that? gives no melissa always gives me the best suggestions i just watched um love on the spectrum as per oh. her suggestion and I just, I didn't know how much I needed a cathartic cry. I just cried the happiest, I mean, happy tears and just like tears of like weeping for humanity that we get yeah. to like witness these amazing people and humans. So amazing. I just finished that both seasons and I loved Didn't it. you love Michael and his mom oh, and his, uh, the I families mean, of these people too, like all of them just so, so wonderful. I, I, I recommended Hope. that to uh, the audience a couple of weeks ago because it is one of those things where, you know, you get so caught up in these Bravo shows and the vapidness and the ego of these ladies that when you see, you know, these people with autism, but they still want love. They're pretty, sh- you know, like this guy just wants to be a husband. He wants to be mm-hmm. a husband. And there is so much heart there. Is, and you just realize like, that's the thing is that we know reality when it's in our face, you know, and, and it almost kind of reminds us you know, what connection is. And sometimes with actual reality shows that we're, you know, it's like, it really skews us and desensitizes us in our actual lives. And, and especially with love, you forget that like, oh, we really should appreciate the love in our lives and all of that. It's really, yeah, you're right. I can't, it really did make me weepy as well. Back to humanity. I'm right. This was all about people. All of it. No, you guys can't do that. No, 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 no. Uh, Michael from, he can do that. You guys, um, uh, 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 so, oh, love after lockup too. I know you don't watch it, uh, Rebecca, but Melissa, what about the uh, the guy with the the wig that bought the wigs for his uh, all the and, and then the, this past episode he was like, "Hey, I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars for a little sugar," and she's like, "Yeah, I, you know, three like you you want me to sleep with you for?" But he's like, "I already spent fifteen thousand on you. I want a little yeah. loving, you know." But I love that he's like basically the producer must have asked, "What did you learn from this?" Because he's like, "Well, I guess <laughs> I learned not to text so much." I'm like, "You idiot!" Because <laughs> they use he goes, "You know, next time I'm not going to really text it. You know, I'm just going to say it." Um, Love After Lockup is really great because it's like the one show where I never have to bother to learn their names. I'm always <laughs> yeah. just like, "Oh, the dude with the wig," and like I watch every episode, but I just don't even bother with remembering their names. You know. Okay, this is for me. I can I can get on board with that. Complete trash. Okay. Oh, as low as you can go, and then lower. And (laughs) And the people coming out of prison are lovely, and especially by comparison to the people they come home to, who are all trash. And you also question. um, I mean, you question your own uh, taste, of course. But you you also uh, question why. uh, I mean, this is how far people will go for love. That like they'll go to prison. And then, like you said, they're not, turns out they're worse than the people in prison and it makes no, but also the funny thing about love after lockup is it's, it's kind of real, but you can tell when the producers are trying to get them to, to act something. So it's like watching horrible actors try to improv and they bear, they're like, you know, and the camera setups, you know, it's like only one camera guy. And then all of a sudden they're doing like four angles on one shot. (laughs) And I'm like, this is BS. They're yelling cut and they're making the guy get out of the car again. And it really, I get really angry, you know? Oh, totally. It's very public access television. um, But like people coming out of jail, but I am obsessed with the idiot guy who just moved out of state to be with a girl, Rebecca. He is mad that she has one kid. She didn't tell him he has seven kids and this is his second season on the show because he's found a new love and just can't left his whole life, left his family. He lied about his age though. He lied about, and she, you know, and, and. So who was in prison? Who, who was locked up? The girl. The girl. Okay. And the girl's actually really sweet and nice, I I think. 
And it's like bizarre. And this guy kind of like, no, I mean, he has a little bit of a hair lip. He has a little bit, I mean, he's, but he, he's just a dummy, but he, for some reason keeps. And the other great thing is they always have these guys go, they always have these guys. There's always a secret. They're always like, what she doesn't know is that I'm 30 (laughs) years older than I tell her, you know, like there's always one thing that they hold back. And so you always get the, what she, or what he didn't know aspect of the show. The reveal. the re- yeah. yeah. And the reveal, sometimes you have to wait the whole flipping season for the reveal. And oh. sometimes. It's oh, and like, they string you along. They string you. Totally. And then there's a couple, like, I don't like the puppy storyline they have. I they have like, it. there's always two couples that you're like, I could give a rip about this prisoner mm-hmm. and the the love of their life. Um, as we start wrapping up, because this has gone way, Sorry. way too fast. <laughs> no, no, no. This has gone. It, this is, I knew when it's like other podcasters that know what they're doing. Like you can go anywhere and you guys are just so amazing that you'll follow the uh, anything you can talk about anything. That's how knowledgeable you are. And that's why you guys need to listen to criminality, but still listen to my pod, but go listen to their pod as well. Um, As we start wrapping up, I just, as a curiosity, you mentioned Lori Vallow a second ago, and where are we going with the Lori Vallow case? Because it, it, will Chad Daybell get off? Like I hear they're mainly looking at Lori Vallow, which is like it was on the bodies were found on Chad Daybell's property. And I know this isn't criminality topic, but it is fascinating because the story of Lori and Chad are is just bonkers. It it it's beyond bonkers. Um, I, Chad will. I do not think Chad will get off. He actually is facing the death penalty, and his trial is underway. So while Lori was being evaluated, they at first were going to be tried together, but then her mental health was in question. So they were going to be tried apart. And it was just ruled that they're actually now tried together again. So that is actually going to be really interesting because their defense strategies will have to change. I don't think they can throw each other under the bus in the same way as they probably would have. Um, so I think that the, the most recent thing I heard is that her mental health expects, they expect it to be restored within six months, meaning they think she'll be fit to stand trial. The issue was she was just not speaking at all. She was almost doing like the comatose thing. Um, not cause she couldn't, she just wouldn't. And so I guess they have to make sure she's got all her faculties, but they will face trial together. I, it does not look good. I mean, there's heaps of evidence. There's a great new podcast out. I'm just a podcast dispensing machine. It's called madness of two. It's fantastic. And it really goes into the cult aspect. But what I learned on that show is there was financial motivation. This was not just religious extreme beliefs. They, they took the payments of the kids, um, security benefits. There was the insurance money from Chad's Mm -hmm. wife after she died. There was so much in it for them financially. I really believe that they wanted to just start a new life together without the burdens and the trappings of children and other spouses that they decided to, you know, partner up with and have. It's horrific. I think they are really, really scary people. And um, I don't think he'll get off. I think they're both being looked at very, very severely. When it's something like this, this case, like, do you think, I mean, you know, if you guys obviously know the case listening at home, I think, but if not, it's like, you know, they believe that like these people are demons and they, that's why they killed the kids because the kids were demons and stuff like that. Do you think that at this point, they really still believe all of that? Was this just like, I mean, it's not what I hate is that like, you know, even if we put this person to death, they're going to go thinking that these people were really demons and not realizing they are just sick, sick, disgusting people, you know? It's so hard to say. Um, The prosecution doesn't have to prove that that's true. They have enough evidence that all they have to do is prove that they they killed so many people in their in their circles Um, and obviously the children. So I think it's somewhere the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think there is some delusion. I think they 
I think she really did have some really crazy beliefs. I think he fueled them. I think if she'd never met him, those kids would be alive. So there is just a lot of complicitness between the two of them. Um, I, I don't ultimately think they believed the kids were zombies. I think they might've been under some delusion for a period. I don't think it's lasting. I think they really will encounter the truth and we'll have to really face it. I hope so. I hope they are. I like hope they're cognizant and fully at some point absorb what happened, but I don't think we'll ever be able to know that and be in their brain. I don't think they'll testify. You know what I mean? Like this will just proceed almost, almost without them. Like it just will happen. Talk about a, what a, what a weird rap for a guy oh, to do it to a girl too, of like trying to get in, you know, trying to get with somebody be like, Hey, by the way, your kids, they're demons. I noticed, you know, like we, like that is just such a disturbing thought. And it, I mean, it brings us earlier. I was saying, I mean, uh, like uh, if I could go to crime con and, you know, it's like, well, it's a lot of girls and all that, but it's, I was thinking about like, yeah, it is weird because like a white dude at crime con, when white dudes are pretty much the ones caught like ones creating all of these crimes you're and, the predator so yeah. yeah exactly well that's i mean we were talking about that and of course the petito case but it, it is one of those sad realities of people like me we're the ones creating most of the problems for women and it's just one of those and it's kind of an undeniable fact and uh i don't know I, sorry to get so dark you guys um so yeah we should not of, rap on the valos yeah like, well, no, <laughs> wait, do you, are we are you watching only murders in the building on hulu oh yes love, 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 isn't it love, great that the new episode's like, out today i think yes tonight we'll watch the new one and that one i've been saying to melissa like it's so good it makes me mad like why yes. did not think of it why am so i not charming. on it like it's so Even a, so good i adore steve martin i just <sighs> i love it actually fun fact selena gomez was at crowd solve which is an, a smaller version of crime con where people go and actually help solve cold cases. And I was at the same uh, event with her. I didn't meet her, but um, she's a real life, true crime enthusiast. So that's fun. Well, Dem- Demi Lovato is discovering aliens. I don't know if you guys are you aware that, that they are. You can't call it that. No, I, sorry, sorry. Demi, <laughs> Demi, you cannot I, I, call it that. Oh my God. I, I made an alien so mad last night when I, I, I sorry, an extraterrestrial. I got kicked <laughs> out of an alien ship the other night because I was like, what up aliens? They're like, call us extraterrestrials. Demi told you to do that. You know? Jeez. Uh, so hard to keep up. <laughs> um, lastly, is there any dirt we can find on Lisa Rinna? Can we do anything to get like, is there anything? Have you guys even bothered to look into Lisa Rinna? I it's a crime. Those Depends ads were a crime. Come on, they there's were. something there. They I were, mean, but, sh- oh, but you know, her mom was involved in a crime in Big one. almost. I uh, did not. Killed. Please. Yes. What? Well, she was almost a victim. Let's, let's rest yeah, on this. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, wait, somebody I, almost I rem- like a serial killer or something? Yeah, it was a serial killer. And I want to say that like when she when the guy got to her, wasn't it like a police officer came down that road and saw the attack happening and saved her life? Without that, we would not have Lisa Renner, Rinna, which is a dark Ooh, thought. I thought is- I I thought that I was like potentially the mom has the same cackle as Rinna and the cackle scared off the killer. I mean, honestly, that we don't know like, all of it. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> I like that ending better. Will you go do a uh, part two of the Tom and Erica stuff once the four part reunion wraps up? I think so. I think that'd I be a really so, good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, I think we will do that. 
Well, you guys, I, I have blown past our time allotted, but you, I mean, I hope you guys will consider coming on again because, you know, just yes. this is such a great conversation. And I really appreciate Melissa, Rebecca. The show is criminality, folks. What I want you to do is I want you to go hit subscribe on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If it's Apple Podcasts, what do we do? We automatically <laughs> rate it five stars. We just do. I mean, that's just a thing. We're, we're doing it out of a thank you for coming on, but also we know that it's a quality product, uh, having heard them for the last hour. So if anything, please go and listen to their podcast. I really think this is something that we need to uh, to make a little people a little bit more aware of because it really is, it lives in all of the, the, the neighborhood and all the stuff we live in. So go support criminality. And uh, like I said, please, please come back whenever you guys want to. Oh my so gosh, awesome. Ryan, you. you're so generous. Thank you so much for inviting us. This was so much fun. Did you hear that, mom? I'm so generous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, five, four, three. Betches.